I am Camille Johnson, and this is Finding the Floor. Stories and reflections of midlife motherhood, family, and finding meaning in it all. Join me as I share a little piece of my life and figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Hey friends, welcome to Finding the Floor. This is episode 169. And today I'm going to kind of just share something I'm going through because it was so weird this week. I didn't have like a topic scheduled for some reason. I have like the next couple weeks and maybe this was like meant to be because I've been processing something. So I'm sort of calling this like turning back to using the confident mind when you have a setback, reminding those things. So I'm kind of like going to share a little setback I had, I guess. Um, I guess you call it that. And then kind of how it's affected me and how I've been trying to like work through it because man, I've just really been annoyed by how I've been feeling the past few days. Okay. So one thing, oh my gosh, you guys today, it's like beautiful and sunny and like 45 degrees here in the lovely Cleveland area. And I'm so glad to have the sun out. I just have been really needing it. So this is all helping me feel a little bit better. But I'm just going to share the story today. I don't know how long this podcast will end up being, if it'll be end up kind of short or maybe longer. But um, <laughs> I this is all I can think of to do this week. And so maybe this is going to help somebody, but it's really helped me work through it. So... <laughs> You can just turn it off now if you're like, I don't want to deal with someone else's problems or listen to Camille's problems right now. And it's not really like a big thing, but I've just been annoyed that it's been bothering me. Okay, so to back up, I'm going to share a little bit of the story is I've been started to get back involved with the PTA at the high school because now I just have my girls at the high school. And most of my experience with PTA has been at the elementary school level. So I didn't really want to be like get involved like as an officer. I just wanted to like kind of go to meetings, show up, maybe get to know a few parents and some of the teachers because that's I just felt like before when I was involved in PTA, that was a place where you could get to know the principal and the teacher better. So I was like, okay. So I show up to a meeting earlier this past year and they were still looking for officers. They're still building up the PTA kind of since like after COVID, things have really been hard to like get a lot of the parent groups kind of back up, especially in our school, I guess. I just was like, I don't want to do anything like major, you know, and they were still in need of a membership person. I was like, okay. I was thinking I can send out a couple flyers. Not a big deal. I can do that. But because we've been kind of in a regrouping planning phase for the PTA, we didn't get to our membership drive till starting that in January. So I've been working with a principal. We found like a month where we would just like encourage the teachers to sign up for PTA. So I was like, okay, I'll just make a flyer. Did that flyer. I'm not going to go into that whole 
issue, but like, so I did a flyer and then I was like, okay, we'll just start it here. And here's a flyer. And he's like, well, I want you to come talk at the staff meeting. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't realize I was going to have to do that. But I mean, I can talk in front of people. It's not a big deal. And so I was supposed to go earlier January 8th, but then the meeting ended up getting postponed. And then we had a whole week of crazy weather. And so it was like last Monday. So it was like almost two weeks ago on the 22nd of January. And so I came and I got a last minute text that they were rescheduling for the 22nd. And that was on Sunday, 21st. So I was like, okay, but I was really busy that day. And I wasn't going to really do anything besides show up. But then I was like, oh, maybe I'll try to like just have a couple slides. So they kind of get to know me a little bit better. I'll show my story and then remember PTA. And anyway, so I guess I got a little more ambitious and I made, instead of just like a couple, I made like five and kind of talked about why I think PTA is important. So I went, I did my spiel with the slides, I left and I felt good about it. We ended up getting like 26 teachers to sign up that day. So I was like, hooray, you guys totally did that. Anyway, the president was a little bit alarmed that I didn't share my slides with her before I gave the presentation because we were representing the PTA. So I sent her the slides and then I didn't hear back from her for a few days. So I just was like, okay, here you go. And Anyway, she got back to me in an email that she was alarmed by my slides. And so then I had a few days to really think about that because she didn't have a chance to talk with me. And then I was really just stressed about what that meant and just like trying to process that. And then I finally, we were able to find a time to talk. And I think like I had all these things like, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong in my brain? Like that was stressing me out all week. So then we have this conversation and she goes through each slides and basically slams me for why would I choose to introduce me and my family and not about the PTA and you made all these grammatical errors and you didn't cite this correctly and I don't even think I actually spent as much time as she did critiquing my slides as I did making them and presenting them. I think she was critiquing me for almost 20-25 minutes. And I've been sad all week thinking like, oh, I just wasn't expecting this to be such a big deal. Like I've just been trying to help and volunteer and this seems so heavy. Like it's just PTA. Like why is this such a big deal? And like I messed up the image of PTA somehow and I'm just like, oh. So I went from like feeling good about what I did to feeling embarrassed and going down all these different rabbit holes of like, gosh, well, I guess I didn't really think about doing that. And I see where like, I I see where I could have done better. And I'm willing to take that criticism. And I told her that and I had, to be honest, I had a little attitude with her because I was just really like, I'm just trying to like show up and do stuff. And I just feel like I keep on getting like critiqued. But that's another issue I probably didn't show up the best in that way. So I've just noticed that this experience and being like so intensely criticized and I've just been like super emotional and I'm like, okay. And even now I'm like thinking about it and I'm getting emotional again and I'm like, what is the deal? Like I can, I can take criticism. Like I understand, like I'm not perfect. Obviously I can take this 
And why is this affecting me so much? Like, why is this making me so emotional? And like, it is zapping my energy. Like, I didn't want to do anything. And just my energy was really zapped. And the other thing is that just like, it just is bothering me. Like, I can't just like let it go and like, okay, thank you for the criticism. I will do better next time. Now let's move on, right? It's just like my brain's like, oh, look, now you have to look at the way you performed in this way and see it like, should you be embarrassed now when you walk in front of the teachers, when you go substitute teaching? Like, I don't know, there's just like all these not really helpful thoughts are coming in. And even this week as I was planning the podcast, I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to say. And usually when I sit down and like start planning, like ideas just start flowing. Nothing was flowing. You know, I just wanted to take a nap basically. And it was probably good that I was kind of had a lot to do and was busy and ended up, you know, having a few different sub jobs. And so that was all good, but I still just had this all in the back of my head. Like it was just like this background noise. Like, you know, I, I could think of the image of like, if you have the TV on in the back, it was just like some of those scenes like replaying in my head. And it was just so annoying. Today, I was just like tired of, yeah, just stop. Okay. Brain, like, honestly, just like, it's over. We had a talk. We got through it. It's over. Like, let's move on. So then one thing that just really helped And I remembered the book, The Confident Mind, and I was like, oh, okay. You may or may not remember my story of my first day of substitute teaching with the kindergarten class. It was like complete debacle. And I just happened to be on the part of like learning from your setbacks and mistakes. And I thought about that time and I was like, okay, that this is one of those times again. And when you kind of are examined in a way that like, you're like, wow, okay, that was really intense. What I noticed the most about the examination is that I couldn't just leave it for that one like presentation. It like started seeping into everything else. And I was like, why is it just like draining my confidence? So I look back at the confident mind and they say, when you have an experience like that, you know, you have your mental bank account drained. And it therefore can affect like everything unless you learn to contain it. And so I was like, okay, that is what has been happening. Like I see that I'm drained, like just no energy, but then just I see myself in a lower confidence level. So I need to work on rebuilding myself each day very, very strategically. So if you remember in the confident mind, he suggests that every day you're looking for times where you make great effort, great progress, or you have a success and you write those things down. And I honestly haven't been doing that regularly like I've been doing my gratitude journal, but I think I need to specifically start doing that because I have been so drained. And normally I'm not in like situations where that happens, so I see maybe as you're participating in a sport regularly and you're kind of being like examined on a regular basis how you really need to do that daily. But now I see that I still need to do that regularly because I'm going to encounter these experiences, especially if I'm like putting myself out there and 
volunteering and working with a group and they may not like the way I do things. Or I may have to readjust because, you know, I thought I could make a good flyer, but I guess they don't like the way I do things. Or, you know, like I thought I could present in a good way. So building up my confidence in every day that I noticed that the past few days, I've just been like in this loop and continually in that loop continues to drain my confidence. So not only do I need to stop the loop, I also need to make sure I'm like rebuilding my confidence. So if any of you guys are in a situation where that's happened and you're like, what is the deal? Why do I have no energy? If something like that happens where you've sort of been examined and found wanting, which is basically what happened to me, then I see how it is really important to like go back to your top 10 if you ever made it or make sure you write something down every day or even every hour like to help really rebuild your confidence back because it's amazing how just even thinking about that and processing this today has just gotten a little more energy for me and I'm like okay I can totally do this. Then I was also reminded that these are regular confidence thieves. Like our thoughts are the criminals of taking our confidence. And so we need to make sure we put on the defensive. So remind you of those things. And from the Confident Mind book, in chapter five, about like protecting your confidence, that that actually is really important. Because that's how we like go through our life. And I just see that and how that can be drained. And then if you slowly get a low tank, then I can see where then you can get into having more anxiety and depression and just like it can all add up if you don't kind of like rebuild it, if that makes sense. Okay, so a couple of the quotes that I was reminded of as I was like looking through this chapter was really that it's an ongoing thing. You're going to have thoughts even like when you make mistakes, whether big or small, these thoughts are going to come up. And so he says, it's not the absence of self-doubt, but the ongoing resistance to it that is important. And then he also said, is the unfortunate fact that you will have to do this over and over again and continue doing it over and over again until you retire from your profession, your sport, or your field of study. Or really, just your whole life, you're going to have to continue to deal with these like self-doubt, negative thoughts that kind of come up. And I think, and it especially gets hard when you have like, you know, a confidence killer experience where you've really kind of like thought you did well, or I don't know, in my experience, you know, just have someone kind of really take you apart. And He says, the internal enemies of doubt, fear, and insecurity can never be ultimately defeated. They are just aspect of the human condition that no one ultimately escapes from. It's good to keep that in mind, and that's been good for me today, and to kind of like get through this. But then just be reminded of all of the like little things, okay? So for instance, trying to like make sure that that experience of my making my slides and giving that presentation and what this president thought of what happened or how it should have been is just like one moment of time. 
And it's not necessarily representational of me. I could have done better. I can still do better. And that it is limited. It doesn't mean that I'm always going to do that or like I can make a change. I can see where I can improve and do better. So I will do differently next time. So I don't need to like dwell on that part. So that's been really helpful. But then I also think there's a couple things of like putting in the last word. Just like I need to make sure when these thoughts come up that I need to recognize them, stop them, and then replace them with a new thought. That I just can't let them keep going like that constant, you know, show or thing that's going in the back of my mind as I'm trying to go throughout my life because that again is going to just drain all my energy, enthusiasm, and optimism. And that's really how you get through life. So I've just got to stop it and remind myself regularly to do that. So that has been really helpful. And then also, I just love this idea of the shooter's mentality, like any shooter, like basketball, soccer, lacrosse, he mentioned, you know, anyone that's shooting, it's like to develop these two habits of thought that any mistake or setback is actually bringing you closer to success rather than keeping you from it. So me being willing to be, you know, criticized in this way, even though it was really hard, like I see that I could actually experience that and go through that and be okay and actually build myself up and learn from that. Even though I'm kind of annoyed how I keep looping it, but I'm going to be stopping that, you know? And then the second habit of thought is to the tendency to think that once any success is achieved, it will continue and will make other successes possible. So in that chapter, under the section of the shooter's mentality, he shared the story of this young man who in high school was in a basketball like playoff game and he was playing horribly the whole time had made like one shot out of 14 and it was coming down to like the last play of the game and they were deciding how to play it in their timeout and he just was like give me the ball it's about my time to make it and because he said that the coach knew that he was confident enough to make the shot and so he gets the ball and he makes it and I think one of my favorite thoughts that he said after he shared that experience, because he was sharing the story with a bunch of researchers at a college, and they kind of were just like, you know, how can you think that the odds are getting better when you're missing your shots, but then also think that the odds are in your favor when you're making every shot? And he just said, I don't know. It's just how I think. And I think that's okay to think that way. And... It's interesting how I feel like I just have lessons every day from my kids that also mirror like what's happening. So like my one daughter is in show choir and they they just got their costumes and they were practicing the costume change in their show. It's like a 25 minute show. They have like four or five songs and they kind of change in the middle. And she's never really done that before. And she said she was the slowest one and she was so embarrassed and like sad and that same feeling of embarrassment I had just felt like earlier that day. And I was like, oh, those are such big feelings. I know how you feel. And so I was trying to let her have her feelings. But then I wanted to remind her that it just doesn't mean that you're less than. Just to remind you that this is all going to be for your good. I just reminded of the scripture and 
It's probably in other places, but I found it specifically in Doctrine and Covenants 122.7. And I'm in no way comparing myself to like whatever Joseph Smith at the time was going through, but he's in Liberty Jail and he has experienced horrible persecution. And some of the comforting thoughts were that all these things shall give thee experience and shall be for thy good. Even these hard things shall be for thy good. Even as we learn from these hard things, they will be for our good. Even if it's not fun. But that we also have tools where we can then rebuild our confidence when it feels like the tank is like literally on like almost empty, which I feel like it has been the past few days. So that's what I'm going to work on. I don't want my tank to be totally empty because it's no fun. I really like having energy and optimism because I just tend to be more of an energetic person. And I just was so reminded of this little paragraph from The Confident Mind, that same chapter, chapter five, protecting your confidence every day. And it says, exercise your mental filter and acknowledge that you are under attack. Silence the negative voice and replace it with a thought that produces energy, optimism, and enthusiasm. Even if, let's say, whatever this woman said was true, and a lot of it was that I could have done better, but um, I don't need to dwell, I guess, on the negativity part. I can dwell on, okay, I can do better next time. And we still got teachers to sign up. Okay, and the other thing that I was reading yesterday too was like this idea of trying to not take things personally. I don't really know how to do that yet. (laughs) That when someone is criticizing you or giving you feedback, you can take the feedback or not take the feedback, right? I could choose to believe that this woman was crazy and didn't know what she was talking about. Or I could choose like, oh, I can see where I could have done better and then take that in, in in a good way and not try to just drain my confidence. But it is hard. But that also remembering that, for instance, all of us maybe think we have a similar experience, but we think two different thoughts about it, okay? So maybe someone else could have read my slides and been like, oh, what cute idea. Oh, and I see a couple of grammatical errors. And someone else could think, yeah, you missed the mark on that. So I need to decide what I want to take in and what I don't, and then not try to take it personally so it drains my confidence. And that's harder to do. And it's really hard when I'm already trying to like grow and like try a new thought like, oh, why not I do this? And I was trying to just be helpful, volunteer and grow this PTA. And it just became really heavy. So I am trying to get out of that, get it lightened up and try not to take it personally or let all those thoughts just go. And if they come back up, I just am working on stopping them and moving on because it is honestly so annoying. You guys, if you listen to this whole thing, honestly, thank you. And maybe some of you have been through an experience where, you know, you've had a setback or you made a mistake and it's been hard to like get back going, even though you know, like, okay, I can do this again. Like I can take criticism. I can learn. I can do these things. But for some reason, I was totally drained. So I'm going to work on building up my mental filter bank account by kind of looking for ways that I am like making good progress, good effort, and I have success today. 
I hope you can do that too. Guys, seriously, The Confident Mind, that book, so good. So if you haven't read it yet, go do it. It is like now becoming a reference book for me, apparently. (laughs) I need help. All right. Thanks for listening, you guys. Have an awesome week. And I will talk to you next week. Okay, see you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any questions, come by findingthefloor.com, where I will have show notes and links for anything I've mentioned today. Special thanks to Seth Johnson for creating and performing the theme music. Come back next week, and thanks for listening. 